Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Well, welcome to part two of our series, One Nation Under God. And we kicked off this series last week talking about the fact that we are one nation. We talked about the idea that in this community, in this culture, where we feel like we're being told to just hate and oppose those who are against us, there's actually a different approach that Jesus would call us to in this, this season of division and chaos we actually have an opportunity to share faith, hope, and love with the world around us. We, we have an opportunity to help people connect with something greater than their political aspirations, more than their political viewpoints. We get to help them connect with Jesus. And in this world that tells us we're supposed to cancel each other and hate each other when we have different opinions, when we look at the life and the example of Jesus, he was the opposite. Jesus actually taught us, and we talked about this last week, that we can disagree politically and still love unconditionally. Jesus was known and had a reputation for spending time with people who were completely opposite of him. Jesus wasn't just held up in the the temple, just hanging out with the religious people. The the religious people actually got on his nerves because he's like, "You're, you're not on mission. You're not doing what God has called you to do. You're supposed to be connecting with people. Jesus was sitting at tables and going to parties and sharing his life with people who didn't know God. When it came to to being in connection with people who were far from God, Jesus chose to be an influencer rather than an instigator. He wasn't trying to push people away by, by the rules and the regulations and go, well, I'm different than you and I think different than you and you need to get your mind right. Jesus would spend time and he would influence their life. And it's important for us to understand that the nation that we're under is the nation of Jesus, that we're connected to this body of sons and daughters of Christ, and that our mission, our goal is to connect more people with him. So if you missed the first week, go and check that out. It was such a challenging message for myself, and so many of you have reached out and responded how challenging it was to you as well. And to help us out, what we did is that we we looked at the Pledge of Allegiance, and we looked at some of the words, the one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And last week, again, we talked about that one nation. This week, I want to talk about that word under God. Under God. What, is, what does that actually mean? And in preparing this, I, I actually came across uh, something that I didn't know. I, I always assumed that those words under God was always in the Pledge of Allegiance, but it was actually added in 1954 by President Eisenhower. And it was in him combating this just rise of communism. And President Eisenhower wanted to make it abundantly clear that not only are we unified as one nation, but we're under God, that we are going to be represented as a Christian nation, that we won't go and believe these things that the Communist Party was was pushing and this agenda that was arising. And so he went and he added it in there. And it's just this 
overwhelming truth that he wanted there to be no doubt what kind of nation we were striving to be. And those words under God, it's powerful. It represents surrendering your authority, surrendering your leadership, being under God. To be under something means to allow it to influence and impact your life. It's, it's a really powerful statement that, that the president was making to the nation and to the world, that we are under the authority and the leadership of God. We, we look at the words of the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 5, and he, he explains this to us and, and the importance of it. And he says this in chapter 5, starting in verse 5. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you dress yourself in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Those are words to live by right there. Verse 6. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. Other translations say under the mighty hand of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Verse seven, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. This is important. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Those are some really important words that we look at, some truths that we find in this passage of Scripture. But this idea of surrendering control and leadership and authority and influence to someone, it should be something that we can relate to, right? Those of us who have lived in our parents' home at one time, we've been there where our parents have said to us, listen, as long as you're under my roof, you're going to have to do X, Y, and Z, right? I remember so many times that I would try to push against the rules or use some logic to explain why my way of doing things was right. And my parents would just whip that out. And there's nothing else that I could say. It's like, do I want to be homeless or do I want to stay in this home? <laughs> like, if All right. I'm under your roof. So then I'm under your rule. We, we understand that concept. But I think sometimes we forget that that doesn't end when we're teenagers. That doesn't end when we're children. That every single day of our life, we're consistently under the influence of something, under the control of something or someone. For some of you, it is still your parents, that you're, you're under their rule, you're under their control. Can we just be real? For some of you, you're married and you're still under your parents' control. You've never really trusted your spouse enough to be the leader in your life. And so you still run back to mommy and daddy to have their words kind of carry the most amount of weight in your life. And that's something for you and your spouse to talk through. But it's understanding whose influence you're actually under. For, for many of us, we understand being under a boss, right? We're under their authority. You understand the term that, I mean, they write the paycheck, they sign those checks, if I want to make money, I have to be under their authority. So when they call, I answer. When, when they want something, I respond. I'm, I'm under their authority. For some of us, maybe it's our hobbies and our vices that we're under. We're under those things that they play this part in our lives. And before we even realize it, it has more control than we think. Maybe for you, it's a hobby. Maybe it's 
a hidden sin. Maybe it's a, a habit that just influences your life and they sneak in there and everything that you do is influenced by it. Or maybe for some of you, you're under the influence of a label, a label you've put on yourself, self-talk that happens in your mind and in your heart that you say to yourself. You're under the label that someone has put on you around you, maybe because of a past failure or a struggle that you're going through right now. And you're labeled as this and you feel like you're under that. You're under the impact of what you've been called, what you call yourself, what you feel about yourself, your insecurities, your fear, your anxiety. You're living underneath this label. And it feels like, man, what what do I have to do to get from underneath this? And we love that idea of being under God. But how many of us are actually under it? Whose authority and influence are you actually under? Whose authority and influence am I actually under? When we think about that, we we love to use those words under God. We're one nation under God, but we're referring to our nation. What about our own lives? Would you consider yourself someone who actually is under God? Like, is he the, the true authority and influence and leader in your life above all else? Are you under God in your own life in your own walk with him. You see, we love the idea of God being in control, but we rarely actually let him. It's a rare moment in our life that we go, hey, God, literally, here's all the controls. Here's my life. I surrender it all to you. I trust you. I have so much faith in you. Like you be the leader and I'll do exactly what you say. So many times we, we want to fight for that control in our lives. And a good test for us, and it's a good test that I, that I do on myself, is I ask myself, what actually has the most impact and effect on my life? Who or what actually has the most impact? And for some of you, it's your husband, it's your wife. Can I just be real with you? If me and Lauren are off, Like if there's any tension there, if we're not on the same page, if it feels distant, everything in my life is off. Everything else could be going awesome. The church could be humming and everything's going great. And I've been in these seasons where the church is growing. God is moving. Incredible things are happening. The girls are actually listening, which is a miracle. And and it's just oh, everything should be good. But me and Lauren just have this. We're just a little off and everything's off. Right. My relationship with Lauren has this massive impact in my life. Maybe too much. Like it's, it's crazy how off I will feel if I just feel this just small bit of distance with her. And so we fight to keep that gap really close and make sure that we're on the same page as much as possible because it impacts us so much. Maybe for you, it's your job. It's your boss. When that job calls, when that boss calls, everything else in your life gets dropped. If you're having a bad day at work or it's a tough season at work, there's no way for you to shake it. It influences everything in your life. Your marriage is a struggle. Your emotions are a struggle. Your mentality is a struggle. If you're not fulfilled at work, then all of a sudden you're not fulfilled with anything in your life. Right? Is that job, that boss... That occupation, 
Is that what's controlling you and has the most influence in your life? Maybe for some of you, it is, it's your hobbies, your friends, that they have such an impact on your life that when they're good and when they're good with you or when you get to go and play golf or you get to go and surf or you get to go and hang out with the guys, you get to go and hang out with the girls, you get to go shopping. When you get to do that, then everything's good. But if that ever gets messed up, then all of a sudden life is a wreck. What's actually influencing yourself? Ask yourself that. Who is actually leading my life? Who has the authority? Who has the influence in my day-to-day life? The truth is we're willing to make sacrifices for the things that matter most to us. We're willing to make sacrifices for what influences us the most, right? We've been there in that conversation. You know, Danny, I just... I can't make time for God right now. There's, there's just so much going on. It's just a busy season. I can't make it to church and I, I want to be there and I'm watching online, but it's just, there's a lot going on in my life. But we can find time to do the things that we really want to do, right? We make sacrifices to ensure that we go and do what we want to do. Maybe you've, you've said this before. Sweetheart, I, I know you want to take that vacation. I know you want to go take that trip with the kids and go and do this. But it's just a really, really tough season at work. And I know it's been a tough season for three years and we haven't gone on vacation. We haven't spent any time with just us in, in three years. But as soon as we make it through this season, we'll, it, it, we'll do it. I promise we're going to get there. Right? Have you been there before? Have you had that? We make sacrifices for the things that matter most for us. Danny, I'm not good at making habits. I'm not good at at like establishing new habits in my life, but I'm on season six of this new Netflix show. It is just amazing. It's like, what? Six seasons? How did you get through six seasons? Oh, you, you established a rhythm and a plan. And before you go to bed at night, you watch two or three episodes. But I can't read my Bible because, I mean, I, what, what happens to Jack Bauer? And like, what happens in this part of the story? And like, well, I mean, I just got to know. And if we're just honest, the Bible doesn't seem as interesting as that show. We're just being honest here. Like we can sacrifice and make commitments to things that matter to us and what influence us and what what impacts our life. But we have to be real about what actually matters. Whose authority and influence are we actually under? I love this this phrase. We, We can't wave the banner of being under God if we're unwilling to surrender to his leadership. We can't wave the banner of we're one nation under God. I am a Christian. I am under God. Well, I mean, are we? Is he truly the leader? Is he truly the authority, the influencer? I mean, what part does he really play in your life? It's important for us to evaluate these things. As we look at scripture, there's so many stories that I wanted to share with you, but I felt like we could go all the way back to the beginning. If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to Genesis chapter three. And this is right after God has created the first man and the first woman, Adam and Eve. And he's created this unbelievable paradise called the Garden of Eden. And it's just, it's perfect. It's breathtaking. It's, everything is perfect in all you can imagine. 
There's fruit trees and there's animals and they're walking around naked and no one's judging anybody. And it's and it's awesome. And then God comes down and and he walks with them in the garden and they have conversations every night and they're naked. I mean, what else do you want in a paradise? It's, it's amazing. And so here they are and they have this opportunity as the first humans they have this incredible access and relationship with God. And he says, hey, listen. There's one thing, just, just one. It's paradise. But there's one thing. Don't eat from this certain tree. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't, like that one tree, don't mess with it. Okay, okay, God, yeah, sure, no issue, no problem. Should be. Everything is right. Everything's perfect. No pain, no, no issues. Perfect relationship with God. Everybody's naked. Chapter 3, starting in verse 1. And the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, first of all, we're, you're probably like, time out, the snake's talking? Right, it's kind of weird. I don't know. I'm just, this is the Bible. It's what it says. I told you it's interesting. Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Verse two, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman said. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Verse four, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman. Don't miss what he's doing here. You, you won't die. Come on, that's an exaggeration. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Look at these words, the four words that change history. The woman was convinced. We're going to look at this in a second, but what is the enemy convincing you of? Don't miss that. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. And then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. Verse seven, at that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame in their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. First of all, before we get to the serious part of this, men must have been bad at communicating from the very beginning because instead of being in a conversation with Adam, he was like, I'm tired of the grunts and the moans. I'm going to go talk to a snake in the corner. Like, how bad do we have to be at communication that she's like, I'm going to choose the snake over having a conversation with you. There's just always something that challenged me as a man of like, hey, we got to do better. Like if my wife has to go talk to a snake and it's just us, I'm doing something wrong. Seriously. Eve literally had perfection and it wasn't enough it wasn't enough you see our discontentment leads us to believing half truths our discontentment drives us you see satan's plan wasn't to blatantly lie to her he wanted to twist the facts just enough to cause them to question god's authority did god really say I mean, you surely, come on now, that's an exaggeration. You won't die. God just doesn't want you to be like him. 
It's all good. Don't stress about that sin. I know it's the one thing. It's, it's totally fine. You see, when we're discontent, we're more susceptible to believing lies told as truths. We don't guard our hearts because we're allowing our discontentment. Even though Eve was surrounded by perfection, she let it drive her to believe half truths. And she started to believe them as real truth. And you and I do the same thing in our lives. We, we want so desperately for our situation to change that we'll listen to the voice of the enemy to help us feel like we have just a little bit more control. We so desperately want our situations to change. We're so discontent with what's happening in our life that we're willing to surrender whose voice we actually listen to. We're so desperate for it to change and for things to speed up and go at the pace that we want them to. We so desperately want to feel like we're in control that we surrender whose authority we actually live under. And we allow whoever's voice, whoever's just moment of influence to create this vacuum in us that's like, man, I'm so discontent with how things are right now. And I don't feel like God is living up and he's taking too long and he's being slow. And I know he's good and I know he's faithful. But this guy, this voice, this situation is telling me that it can happen faster. So we surrender control over to some other influence, to some other voice. Peter warns us, he says, be alert for your enemy is prowling around like a lion looking to devour you. He's not looking to make things tough in your life. He's looking to destroy your purpose God's plans for your life. He is looking to destroy you. The truth is for us to truly live under God, it requires us to predetermine our response, to predetermine our response to things that are going to be thrown at us from our enemy, things that are going to happen in our life, the normal everyday things that we're going to face. And even those extraordinary moments that we can start to predetermine in our hearts how we're going to respond to them. Because I just wonder what would happen had Eve actually predetermined in her heart that she was going to trust God and believe that what he was talking about, what he said, the reason why he said, hey, don't eat that fruit. If what if she had just predetermined in her heart, hey, I'm going to trust God that he knows what he's doing. What about Adam? What if Adam had predetermined in his life that he was going to lead his wife in a way that she didn't need the, the words of a snake? to convince her that her life wasn't enough, that she still needed more? What if Adam decided to lead his family and his wife the way that God called us to? What if he, he predetermined in his heart that I'm going to be what she needs and I'm going to always push her towards God? How different would the world have been? We never know. But you and I have an opportunity right now in our lives to predetermine how we're going to handle things. The question is, are you willing to predetermine how you're going to handle situations that are coming in your life. Are you willing to predetermine how you're going to handle stress? Stress is coming. It's inevitable. We're all going to have those stressful moments. But can you predetermine in your heart? Hey, I'm going to I'm going to pray first. I'm going to lead with prayer. Like before I call anybody, before I lean on anybody, like I'm going to pray first. And can I just be real with you? Even as a pastor, I struggle with this at moments. Because what the enemy does is he likes to slip in and he likes to whisper to me, Danny, you don't need to pray. I mean, you're a pastor. 
you're preparing messages and you're doing all these other things. You're, you're good, man. You, you don't need to pray about this. Like God knows. And it's a lie because I need more than anyone to be in constant communication and to constantly be praying and connecting with the Lord. And, and when I try to handle situations on my own and go, God, I know you're here with me, so we're just going to go out. And God's like, wait, 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 wait. You didn't talk to me. We didn't have a conversation about it. Like you didn't allow me to speak into your life before you just started to go. I allow the voice of the enemy to influence me and push me away from what God actually wants to do in my life. When stress comes, are you going to be honest and vulnerable? Are you going to choose, hey, no matter what happens, I'm not going to isolate myself. I'm not going to allow the enemy to push me off off to myself and, and just make me feel like, you know, I'm the only one going through this stress. And we know we know what happens when that happens. We we start to compare ourselves. We start to judge. We start to push others away. We start to feel like I'm the only one going through this and I'm stressed out and I'm freaking out. No one else understands. What would happen if you predetermined in your heart and your life? Hey, I'm going to pray first. I'm going to be honest and vulnerable. I'm going to choose that no matter what, I'm not going to isolate myself. What would happen if you predetermine your response to pain? What if you predetermine, hey, God, when this happens, I'm going to rely on you for my strength, that I'm not going to turn to anything else, that that I'm going to surround myself with people who genuinely care about my emotional and my spiritual health. Listen, you may have some incredible friends who don't know Jesus, and I'm not saying at all that you don't go to them when you need advice or you don't need to have some kind of connection. But you need to have people in your life that when you're facing painful seasons, that they're not just pushing you to feel better. They're pushing you to Jesus. Do you have those people in your life that are consistently pushing you towards Jesus? When you're uh, listen, walking through painful seasons, I don't just need someone who's going to make me laugh and make me feel good. I need people who are pushing me towards bettering my relationship with Jesus, because ultimately he's the only one who can bring the strength and the healing that I need. Will you predetermine in your heart that that's what you're going to do? Would you be willing to predetermine in your life how you're going to handle disagreements? In this season, they're going to come. Are you going to be willing to look past the surface and dig a little bit deeper? Are you willing to to sacrifice a little bit of yourself, a little bit of your agenda, a little bit of what you're feeling to lower down the barricades enough to have a conversation with someone, to to sit across a table having coffee and, and listen to their story? Man, in this season where we're going through so much racial tension, there's so much power in you being willing to say, listen, I want to hear your story. I want to hear your experience. I want to hear what your life was like so that I can understand better. It may not change your belief. It may not change how you feel about something, but it's not about a hashtag. It's about a relationship. Are you willing to drop all of the chaos and all of the noise to say, hey, I care about you more than anything else. I care about you more than my own beliefs. I care about you more than my own agendas. Because Jesus, as the son of God, chose to spend time with people who were not like him. He chose to be the influencer. He didn't go in there blowing them up and going, sin, 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 sin. He 
do I think that he held back the truth when they asked him, hey, Jesus, I'm kind of doing this. You, is this good? And he's probably like, no, that's not good. It doesn't bring you closer to God. It's not about hiding the truth. It's about us being willing to be in relationship with people. It's so true that people don't care what you have to say until they know that you care about them. Are we communicating that? Can we predetermine in our hearts and our in our minds and our souls that, hey, when we disagree, I'm predetermining that I'm not going to push you out. I'm going to draw you closer in so that the Lord can influence both of us and speak to us. And the last one, it's not just bad things. Are you going to predetermine in your life how you're going to handle success? How are you going to handle success? Are you going to consistently lean into humility? Are you going to consistently be someone who's generous with your time, with your finances, with with how you connect with people? Are you going to be the kind of person that when you find success, you're bringing people up with you? Are you going to be that person that has success and you keep pushing people down so you can get a little bit higher? Predetermine in your heart from now. Because when pain comes, when stress comes, when disagreements come, when success comes, that's when the enemy has a, a, just a small crack to slip in there and start feeding things into your mind. But if you predetermine in your heart, you silence the enemy. He's not waiting for you to prepare. He's on the move now. But determining who we're going to live under and whose voice is going to influence us now gives us the power to fight those subtle lies that the enemy is going to use against us. The issue is that so many of us, we try to halfway follow Jesus. Like we talked about last week, we, we almost view Jesus as this backpack that we just pick them up and we put them on and we carry them into the situations that we want them to. And Jesus, I'm stressed out. I'm freaking out. I've, I've gone to everyone. And you're my last resort. So I'm going to throw on this backpack and you're going to rescue me. It's like Jesus isn't a backpack. Spiritually, we have to recognize that we're not dropping a backpack when we're leaving Jesus behind. We're removing our armor. When we say, Jesus, I'm going to handle this on my own. Jesus, I'm going to rely on my friends. Jesus, I'm going to rely on my spouse and I'm not going to bring you into this. Jesus, when I try to do this, I'm not just leaving you behind. I'm removing the armor and I'm going to war completely exposed. When we carry Jesus, he's more than just someone who makes us feel good. He is our hedge of protection. He's our shield. He is our fortress. He is the, the word that we use to go on offense. We, we have to understand that we can't just halfway follow Jesus. We can't have Jesus as this little part of our life here and not a part of this part here. We, Jesus has to be a whole life, everyday decision of, hey, God, I want to live under your Rule. I want to live under your authority, under your influence. More than anything else, I want you to lead. Living under God is not a decision that we just make. Well, today I'll do it. And on Tuesdays, I'll pick you up. And on Sundays, I'll definitely make sure that I'm under your leadership because I'm going to church and I want to make sure. No. It's every day, every situation, every moment, every pain, every stress, every success, every disagreement. He has to be our leader and our authority and our influence at all times. As we wrap up today, it's so important for us to evaluate how in control God is of the different areas of our lives. 
And I would challenge you to ask yourself this question. Hey, hey, God, how under your leadership and your influence and your authority am I in my marriage? Like, what part do you really play in that, God? God, how under your influence and your authority am I when it comes to my relationships? What about in my finances? God, are you influencing? Are you leading? Are are you actually the one that I rely on when it comes to my finances? How under your control am I? Under your leadership am I? In, In my plans for the future, and what I want to do and, and the businesses I want to start and the adventures that I want to go on and, and the house that I want to live in and the, the things that I want to do as I'm raising my kids. God, how under your influence and leadership am I actually? You have to challenge yourself and ask yourself, God, in my job, does my job and my boss influence me more than you do? Do they have more control of my life than you do? in my hobbies, in my habits. And then I love this one. God, in my internal dialogue, who's actually influencing me the most? Is it actually you? Is it your words, God, that I'm speaking over my life? Or am I just speaking my insecurities and my fear and my anxiety? Am I speaking those things over my life? Whose influence and authority am I actually living under. Let's not just wave the banner of being under God just because we say that we're Christians. Let's actually evaluate, God, are you truly in control? Or is it just a good idea that I heard one time on a Sunday morning? Come on, church, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray right now that you would just reveal to us, reveal in our hearts, reveal in our minds, reveal in our souls the areas that we actually are letting you lead us, that we're actually allowing you to be the authority. God, those areas that you are, we're actually under you. But God, I pray that you would reveal to us those areas that we've taken back control, that we've let the enemy slip in and and just speak half truth to us. Those areas of our life where, where the enemy says, well, did God really, did he really say that? And that he sows in these little seeds of doubt in our life. So, God, I pray that you would reveal those areas. Help us to truly live under you, that we wouldn't halfway, three quarters follow you with our lives, that we wouldn't think that we can put you down in situations and pick you up when we need you. God, that we would carry you in every moment, in every area of our life. God, we give you full access to our hearts. We give you full access to our minds. And we pray that you would meet us and that you would help us take the steps that we need to in order to fully surrender everything we need to to you. We pray all of this in the strong and the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.